Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Catherine, how are you doing tonight? I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here with you all. I know God's going to move so powerfully. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I am so excited that you're on here. Um, Again, Vlad shared about you and I just saw what God was doing in your church, in your ministry, and it's so powerful. I would love for you. I know you're new to our audience. Many of them might know you already, but I would love for you just to feel free to take your time to share your testimony. How did you get here? How did you become this preacher, this minister, this YouTuber, TikToker, pastor? Just share the journey with us. Absolutely. So I grew up in a small town in upstate New York. I've been a Christian my whole life. I remember giving my life to Jesus when I was around four years old. Um, But I grew up in a Presbyterian church, very conservative. So I had no clue that God moves in power today, that miracles happen. I had absolutely no idea. Um, And I loved God my whole life. But through my teenage years, um, I dabbled in the world. I was partying, drinking doing all the things, you know, teenagers and college age kids do. Um, I still loved God. I never doubted him, but I was lukewarm. And looking back, I can see what was missing was simply the revelation of his love for me. It was simply that. It was just like, I love God, but, and I didn't know how to, uh, I didn't know about spiritual warfare. I, I thought that God was judging me, you know, um, I had spirit of religion, so I didn't know how to really have a relationship with him. So therefore I tried to fill the void inside and go have fun in the world. But of course that never filled any void. Um, and then, so when I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was thinking maybe event planning, I guess. I'll try this. And so I went to college. When I went to college, I grew closer to God. I found a church. I found some churches that um, were not quite as conservative, where people were a little bit more passionate about God. So that helped stir a little fire in me. But I was still, I was leading worship on Wednesdays and partying throughout the week. I was going to church twice a week. I loved God. But there was something keeping me from mm. being surrendered. And, and there was something keeping me from reading the Bible, from praying like every day. Because I loved God, I genuinely wanted to read the Bible and pray. But something was keeping me from doing that. And so day, literally day after day for years, I would feel guilt because I oh. wouldn't do that. And I was living this double life, one foot in the world. Um, So then I I graduated from college, and as soon as I graduated, God convicted me. You're not called to be an event planner. Come on. And (laughs) I took took this acting class my last uh, semester of college, and it was the only thing that lit me on fire that I had passionate for. And long story short, I was like, God, where do you want to send me? What am I supposed to do with my life? I'll do whatever. Just send me. What is it? And he put this idea on my heart, move to LA and pursue acting. Wow. <laughs> and I knew it was him. And so I leased a car a couple months later. I had the amazing support of my parents. So I leased a car and drove from upstate New York to Los Angeles in 2013. As soon as I got to LA, it's like immediately God brought me closer to him. Mm. He lit this 
stronger fire in me for him. Um, I found churches where people had even greater passion for God than my little small towns where it was mostly just religion. And so this hunger, like, I want to surrender, it was building more. This, this knowing, like, I know I shouldn't be living one foot in the world. I know I shouldn't be partying and drinking. I know I should be surrendered. I want to. Like, that hunger to want to surrender was, was there more. But I still wasn't getting there. But he, God put that hunger in me. And the Bible says, when you seek me and seek me with all your heart, then you will find me. So I look back and I just see God pursuing me, putting this hunger and then me seeking and seeking over time. It was growing this hunger more and more. And so one day I was at this mega church, like very evangelical mega church, no power of God. Um, but that's where I was. And a person, a friend of mine in the church invited me to go to a tiny little house church. And it was a prophet leading this little house church of 30 people. I did not know prophets existed today still. Um, but praise God, God had graced me with a childlike heart. Not, I had like no skeptical or criticalness in me. Praise God, because that's the key. So um, I remember even the person I was with, just because it was so different, a prophet, um, a little living room church. We're coming from a mega church. I remember the, the friend with me was like, was concerned. She's like, let's pray and for protection before we go in. But I remember feeling just like, let's go. I'm hungry. Let's go. <laughs> if you heard that God's moving here like she had, then hey, let's, God will protect us. When you have that hungry heart, childlike, you don't need to, God doesn't want you to be skeptical or critical. If you hear the testimony, God's moving here. God did this. Come with that childlike heart. You don't need to worry about protecting yourself. So I went there and at this little house church, I encountered the power of God for the first time. I witnessed the prophet praying for people and people were healed. I witnessed demons manifesting for the first time and the prophet casting out the demons. Um, I'm seeing people praying in tongues all around me. And then the prophet prays for me a prophetic ministry I received for the first time in my life. And it was simple, a simple word, but that word let me know that God was with me and loved me. It was so personal. And that prophetic word opened up my eyes to God's amazing love for me, for personally me and his nearness. So, so upon encountering the power of God, this is what happened to me. I went from believing in God, but, but just believing that he's real, believing his word is true. Yes, I believe. But now that I encounter the power of God, I know that he's real. I know that he loves me. I know that his word is true. I know his plans are good for me. I'm telling you, this is the supernatural experience I had where now I knew. It's like I had a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus in this moment. And so now I was on fire. I was on fire. I was immediately changed. One month later, I went to this little house church and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues. And it was in this encounter that I was moved to surrender to God.
Finally, I had been wanting to, because you need to surrender with your full heart. I had been saying before, I have, I'm all in for you, God. You know, I, I got baptized in water again. And I was like, because I was baptized as a baby. I got baptized in water again. And I was like, I'm all in. But it wasn't from the heart. It wasn't from the heart. But at this moment, it was from the heart. This, this encounter with God, where it was tangible, you know, you could feel him, the power, the fire of the Holy Spirit, and him taking over my tongue. I mean, I never had such a tangible experience with him. The fear of God came over me, and it was like, who am I to not surrender to God? Who am I to think my plans are better? This just came to me, this revelation, this opening of my eyes happened in this moment. And so I surrendered to God in that moment, and I was on fire from that moment. I mean, all I wanted to do was talk about God, think about God. I didn't even want to watch a movie because I was like, no, I just want to keep thinking about God and talking about God. I was on fire. And um, I've never been the same since. I've been on fire since. The fire has grown. The surrender has remained. And these encounters here have put my greatest passion is to see you is to see the world have a true encounter with the power of God. Because the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And so this is a bold statement, but it's true. If you're not encountering the power of God, you haven't really met Jesus. And when churches are preaching without the power of God, it's not the kingdom of God that is there. And so I, you know, I look at myself before I had a good heart, you know, I, I loved God, but I, it was like this, this, my eyes were closed in the spiritual realm and they just needed to be opened. So now I have this heart. I see other people and God gave me this heart for his people. Now, like have compassion on them when they are doing things in the world, but they they're Christian. It's not always, they should know better, but it's that. They need to have an encounter with Jesus. They need to have their eyes open up. That's what happened for me. So um, I was on fire nine months later, nine months after I surrendered to God. Uh, nine months later, I went to this conference, this prophetic healing conference. And it was a prophet who was ministering at that conference from East Africa. And at this point, my expectation my expectancy was big because God had shown me prophets are real. I'm still using prophets today. And when it's a true prophet and when you can come with a childlike heart and look at this prophet, look at the fruits of this prophet, then it's me speaking through that prophet. You know, God wants you to have that childlike faith that when he's revealed to you, it's a true prophet. And this could be any fivefold minister when it's a true person of God. When they speak something, receive it. This is God speaking right now, not, well, I don't know. That's not humility. So anyways, um, God prepared me. So this prophet here prophesied to me. You know, he spoke, what do you, what do you do? What do you think your calling is? Something like that, he asked. And at the time, remember, I moved to L.A. to pursue acting. But then as, I, as God was moving me closer to his heart before I encountered the power of God, I then felt him leading me to pursue Christian EDM, to be a singer-songwriter, a Christian pop EDM singer-songwriter. 
So that's where I was at. That's where I was at when I encountered the power of God. I got to the point where I was like, this is my calling. I know this is what God has called me to do. I was making music videos and they were going so well. They looked beautiful. All of my friends and family were supporting me like never before, cheering me on. This, you're totally gonna make it. You're totally called to do this. So I was like, yes, finally, I've been searching for my calling for so long and this is it. Well, I went to that conference, that prophet says, so what do you believe God's calling you to do? Something like that, he said. And I said, Christian pop EDM singer songwriter. And I was hungry for him to confirm that, to say yes. And this prophesy about my music dreams that I had dreamt of for years. You picture the future. You're so excited about that dream. And then he says, you're actually called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. You're called to reach the nations. <laughs> and upon hearing that, a lot of emotions first was confusion and shock. What? But I really thought music was my calling. That's my gift. Second of all, public speaking was my biggest fear and weakness. I have, I have lots of strengths and gifts and I'm fearless. I went skydiving twice with no fear, traveled around the world on a cruise ship, a semester at sea program, no, didn't know anybody, no fear. But when it came to public speaking, I had college presentations and I would speak in front of 10 people and go like brain dead. Like I couldn't speak in front of even 10 people, let alone preach. I, I loved hearing the word of God. I would go to church so often, I loved it, but not one time did I hear a preacher and say, oh, maybe I could do that. Or maybe, maybe God's calling me to do that since I have such fire for him. No, I looked at them and I was like, how are they so on fire? Wow. You know, I looked at them, I was like, how do they have revelation from God like that? I looked at them, I was like, how do they prepare sermons, you know? <laughs> So when I hear this, I was like, what on earth? What on earth? But then God instantly reminded me of Moses. Of Moses. So God called him to be a mouthpiece of him, to do many miracles, to lead millions of people. Also, I never saw myself as a leader. Let me tell you that too. Like I never stepped up to lead a group in group projects or anything. But God said to Moses, when Moses says, how? I can't speak. I stutter. I think you got the wrong guy. What are you thinking, God? God goes, I will give you the words to speak. It'll be my power working through you for God's glory. So God can look at Moses and be like, whoa, I knew him before, this must be God. And so Moses can remain humble. I knew where I was and this is all God. It's not my abilities, it's God. So God reminded me of Moses in that moment and of all of the vessels he chooses in the Bible, the disciples, fishermen, tax collectors. And that is what gave me the strength to receive the calling immediately. You know, I surrendered to God and I meant it. You know, so, so it was actually not hard to receive the call. It was uncomfortable and the most um, like, I mean, in the dark moment I've had, like, how is this gonna happen? But it was easy to accept it because God had gotten me to the place where my heart 
only wanted his will. He got me to that place. And by the way, looking back on my life, anybody who's wondering like their calling and wants to know what their calling is right now, I look back on my life and I see God's perfect ways. You know, I did hear him call call me to acting, but it just wasn't the end goal. It was the way to get me out here. So on the road trip, I began growing in faith like never before because I I was on my own. It was just me and him. I worshiped him and prayed with him in the car the whole way. Um, I got to LA and I knew hardly anybody, but he provided an apartment for me and furniture. I started seeing him come through in my life like never before through him leading me out here to do acting. He knew where I was at that moment. You know, you have to be surrendered before God can really give you your calling because he's so good that he really, he doesn't want to force something on you. He wants you to really want his will. And so if God had called me to, if he had sent a prophet when I was 23 after graduating college or 22 after graduating college, I would have, I loved God, but I wasn't surrendered yet. So I wouldn't have seen God as loving. I'd be like, God, why are you giving me something that I don't want to do God? But God had opened up my eyes so much, gotten me to this place that God's will got me to this place of humility. God's will is the best. Who am I to think I know best for my life? Who am I? But God had to open up my eyes to really see him rightly. So when I receive his call, it's me saying, yes, Lord, I just want your will. None of the like, God, why can't I do my music? But it's like, nope, doesn't matter my will. Like Mary, I know who I am. I'm a servant of the Lord. That's who I am. So, yep, I'm a servant. Okay, we do this. We throw out my dream. We throw out my will. And I go with God's dream. And I go with God's will. So I accepted the call. It was not easy. This now became the most uncomfortable season of my life (laughs) because public speaking was my biggest fear, biggest weakness. And then God called me to start a church nine months after receiving the calling. Leading was also, I had no clue how to lead. I didn't see myself as a leader. So God first called me to start the church on Mulholland Drive on a mountaintop overlooking the valley in LA. And it started with worship services, which ended up being prophetic of where we are now in the park. Um, but so I had little worship services. I just advertised that on Facebook groups and we'd get a couple people, two to 15 people. And it was just me and the guitar and me preaching. And, um, I mean, when I went to preach, I was so nervous and I felt like I had nothing to give. And week after week, I would be like, what more can I preach God? I mean, what on earth will I preach next Sunday? God, this went on for years even. I mean, it was complete dependence on God, complete dependence. And every time I went up to preach, I felt uncomfortable. I felt nervous. I felt insecure. But God taught me that your feelings are not the truth. So just because I felt nervous, insecure, doesn't mean that I was insecure. Because true confidence is choosing to push past the lies of the enemy and holding on to the truth of what God has spoken. God has called me to do this. God will give me the words. So I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna speak no matter how I feel, that's true confidence. So that's what I did for a couple of years. I lived in this place of, of being so uncomfortable every time I preached and the church was small, 
for a long time um, between like five and 15 people. And God gave me these big promises, these huge prophecies. And I had to, I had to really, really say no to the devil's lies. I mean, why aren't coming to your church why aren't why are people leaving you know so every and and people wouldn't if only one person would tell me you know i was touched by your message so i mean it was completely just obedience to god it wasn't like i enjoy preaching so i'm gonna do this oh people are touched i'm gonna do this it was just I'm here because god's called me to do this so, uh, you know, then, um, so for year, for years, it was just very small church, me being in this uncomfortable place and hanging on to the promise that so many would receive miracles, that miracles, God would do miracles through me and we would reach the nations. I was just holding on to that promise, reminding myself of that again and again and again. That's what got me here today. That's what strengthened me is holding on to the promise that God gave me. I knew he was faithful. And I knew that, you know, the bigger the calling, the bigger the trial. Look at David. Look at what David had to go through after he was anointed. So I just kept reminding myself, I'm like David right now. I'm like David with all of the, you know, people, people leaving, abandoning, and not seeing growth in the church. So then a couple years ago, two and a half years ago, God spoke to me and he said, this is direction I have for you to make the ministry grow and to reach people and for miracles to happen among people across the world. And this direction was to make one minute videos of me preaching and God moving in power and put them on every social media platform. I did not know how to edit, so I taught myself how to edit because I don't have like a team. So I taught myself how to edit, and I spent most of my days, long hours into 5, 5 a.m. sometimes, editing little videos. And for two and a half years, these videos got hardly any views. So once again, I just kept reminding myself of the word of God when the lies of the enemy would come and say, your preaching isn't powerful. And you're not touching people. Just renewed my mind with the word of God. And I focused on all that matters is touching God's heart. Like that's where our focus should be all the time. Obeying God is what touches his heart the most. So I just kept focusing there. I'm touching God's heart. I'm pleasing God. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So two and a half years of doing that, two and a half years of posting video after video after video, um, well, TikTok comes out this past May, a year ago, a year ago exactly, May of last year, I started a TikTok. And you could only do one minute videos. So you could see God, why God said one minute videos. <laughs> and so honestly, when I first saw TikTok, I was like, man, another platform to keep up with. This is so many here. <laughs> But I started the TikTok. I started putting videos out, got hardly any views. Um, I think, I mean, hardly any followers and views. I think by um, the fall, I had just like 500 followers, like this past fall. And then we started doing revival in the park this fall. We started taking church outside because of the pandemic. 
and there was one moment where God moved in power, um, a woman was healed, and I put that video up on TikTok, and it got 100,000 views immediately, and then there was 8,000 followers. I was like, wow, wow, God, wow, God. You know, God had spoke to me, you need to make these videos, keep making these videos, and it's going to be like Israelites going around the walls of Jericho. And with their own, eventually the wall came down. But it was upon their obedience. They didn't see bricks falling one by one. No, it was, I'm just doing this because God said. It doesn't make sense. I'm just going around because God, God made the wall to come down. So then I kept putting videos, putting videos. Um, January 1st was my 30th birthday. December 30th. I put a one minute video together on TikTok of different examples of God moving in power this past uh, year at Fivefold Church at Revival in the Park. Um, testimonies of people being healed, children being healed of HIV, uh, orphans in Tanzania, and um, people falling back with the power of God. And I prayed at the end. And I posted this video December 30th. And by the end of my birthday on January 1st, my 30th birthday, the video had 1 million views. And what was even more amazing was that in the comments was testimony after testimony of people receiving miracles, all sorts of miracles, COVID leaving them feeling anxiety and depression lift off them, them saying they felt pain leave their body. So many saying they felt chills all over the power of God. Even people saying, I'm an atheist, but I felt power. People believing in Jesus because of the video. and. You know, we've, God's been moving, God had been moving in power the past few years, but it was like once in a while, <laughs> you know, I hadn't yet seen the promise fulfilled of like so many miracles God's going to do. And then all of a sudden, because it was God's timing, he decided to open up that door in the supernatural realm that only he can open up. You know, that video didn't go viral because of just algorithm or something, it went viral because it was God's timing, you know? And so I was shocked with all these testimonies of miracles on the video. And then ever since after that, I, I was going, I go live a couple of times per week and we have service on Sunday. And on every single live, so many miracles happen. Healing and deliverance and all sorts of miracles on every single live. That wasn't happening before. I went live every single day um, during COVID time from May till October, every single day. With like no testimonies. I mean, few people watching. But now all of a sudden, because it's God's timing, all these miracles. And so um, then God started moving in power like we've never seen, like we'd never seen at Fivefold Church, at Revival in the Park. And we would have people walking by and stop at Revival in the Park and be touched by God so powerfully. A prophetic word touches them. They're weeping. We had this guy who was shirtless because he was working out in the park, comes and God touches him. He's weeping because of a prophetic word. So uh, it's amazing how God, Holy Spirit moving in a new way, out of the box way. At first, it seems bad. Like our church building, we couldn't rent because of COVID. We rent it. We don't own it. Um, but God knew what he was doing. He worked it out for good because now we're able to reach people who are walking by in the park. And then 
um, people started seeing the videos online. People started seeing miracles happening at Revival in the Park, demons being cast out. And so a couple months ago, people started flying from across the country to come encounter the power of God. And they come and they receive deliverance. Demons are cast out or they receive a miracle. They receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It came from Florida, from Dallas, from New Jersey. It's incredible. I'm just amazed at how the, the hunger, like seeing, seeing the miracles happening and that faith, like I want a miracle. So I'm going to book a flight for Jesus to touch me so Jesus can touch me. And so that's, that's the story of how it all happened. God has just been increasing and increasing and increasing ever since then. Like literally revival is now we are seeing him move in more power each week. Like Come on. truly Come speechless, on. truly shocked, truly amazed. Glory to God. I, he is faithful. I want you to know that he is faithful. And the dreams that he's given you, because he's such a good father, he wants to surprise you Come on. and to not even show you the whole dream. Because when it comes, he wants to bless you even more and be like, wow, God, you're really this good? He is faithful and his timing is perfect. You have such a, I'm just processing all of it, such an incredible testimony of going from acting to music to now preaching. I and mean, this is one thing that I see in you that I feel I have a similar thing to is like, we don't desire the stage. Like I've told God a million times, Lord, if you let me be in the sound booth, if you let me clean toilets and vacuum, I would be more than excited to do that. But what keeps us humble is we don't strive. We don't want, like legitimately don't want the followers, don't want the platform. And that's what I'm seeing. God is raising up people right now that don't want the platform that are not starving for views, not starving for followers. So here's what I want to do. We're going to do this at the end before we talk about how to receive deliverance, but you're, you're, you're firing it up. You're talking about it. We're going to show you guys some clips of deliverance of miracles. These are incredible. Now, listen, I've binge watched a bunch of your TikTok clips. I've gone through, watched so many. These are so powerful to see God working outside the building, God working in the park, God doing deliverance. And you know, one thing that I noticed in your story is when you first saw that deliverance, for me, I don't know about you, but deliverance was such a sign to me of how real the power of God was. I remember I was saved just a couple days and this girl had come to our house who was into prostitution, was just coming out of prostitution, and she full on started manifesting a demon. Here I am, I'm an atheist, like th four days ago, I always joke and say, December, but this is a true, even though it sounds like a joke, December 31st, 2010, I was playing at a beer pong tournament, January 15th of 2011, I was casting out demons, because it was so radical how I went from not believing to seeing deliverance, but what deliverance did for me, Catherine, was it showed me God's kingdom in action. It showed me how real the power of God was, and it launched my faith times 10. I tell people all the time when, when they first see a deliverance, I asked this one pastor's wife, I said, tell me this deliverance you just saw. It was our first time seeing a deliverance. Didn't make your faith grow a thousand times. She said, Isaiah, seeing this deliverance made my faith grow a thousand times because deliverance is God's kingdom in action. That's why for some of you in the yes. chat, I want you to see this. I want you to see deliverance videos. I want you to get delivered. I want to talk about after this, how to position yourself because you don't understand how deliverance is going to catapult your faith. It's not a side ministry. It's not a calling for some people. This is right. the ministry of Jesus Christ. That, and I'm just looking at the chat here. So many of you are saying yes, that God is releasing on the earth. And so God is raising up deliverance ministers. And this is one thing when I saw your ministry, why I was like, we got to connect because 
you cast out demons. Like you're not afraid to confront demons in a park. You'll see people in the, the video I'm about to show you, right? This is, I'm just giving you a cliffhanger here. But you'll see people in the park, like just walking in the background and you're casting out <laughs> demons yeah. and people are walking yeah. in the background like it's nothing, but this is God's kingdom in action. And we need this. Yeah. We need people to be bold. You didn't wait for permission. You didn't wait for a platform. You let God make one. You let you said, God, I'll give you. And so your story is literally just such a powerful story of God organically raising people up. And this is what God is doing. He's organically raising people up in that faithfulness. I tell people, I started preaching in a living room. So you can't get any lower than that. Like I started low, but I got to see the power of God in everyone knows this and listen i love the mega churches i preach in them i have friends in the chat that have mega churches so here what i'm going to say there's nothing like god moving in a living room i don't care what building what there's something that happens in a living room in a house where the presence of power god moves and so like you you know i had some of my most radical encounters in the living room and so anyways i know i'm going on here but i want to show some of these clips we have some deliverance clips and then we'll talk about deliverance and then we have a baptism of the holy spirit clip you guys gotta watch this because this is i'm excited to watch it again these are powerful so check out these clips we're gonna roll them here just tune into this this is amazing he can only move because of people like you with a heart that allow him to move thank you jesus i see god healing you now every spirit of infirmity out receive this healing now every spirit of sickness out in Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are free. You are healed. Come forward. Your time is up. The demons cannot stand the power of God. And everyone are going up. See, this is the power of God. Come. What are you doing to her? I torment her a lot. She will not preach. She will not spread the gospel. She will preach the gospel. Our time is up. Go now in Jesus' name. You must go. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. They are free. Praise God. Hallelujah. I see the fire of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You must go now in Jesus' name. You are free. She's free. Drama from your past abuse that's happened in your past. I remove all of that pain, all of the lies you believed about yourself since that day. I declare it to go out now in Jesus' name. Spirit of depression, go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit attacking your identity, who you are, your beauty, I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You must go. Everyone, go now in Jesus' name. Now, this is the power of God. This is the anointing of Jesus Christ. Oh. Go now in Jesus' name. Go now get out of her all of you go now out out she can't go to the nation she can't she will go to the nation go now in Jesus name thank you Jesus go to the nations for the glory of God thank you Jesus Thank you, Father. All anxiety to leave you now. Spirit of oppression, go now. I don't want to leave her. You have to. You will not go. 
Out! Now! Out! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. It's Jesus. Out of this body now. In Jesus' name. She's free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of addiction out now in Jesus' name. Yeah. After God's own heart, God is saying about you. Spirit of religion, go now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. for those videos now listen here's the thing some of you are watching this and then you're thinking about your christian life now and your life at church and you're going what i just saw is vastly different from the christian life i'm living and guys this is why we're live streaming this is why Catherine went live every day she was saying last year and why we're preaching why we're sharing why we're why we're on this broadcast right now why there's three thousand of you live we just gained 500 live viewers during those videos because there is a hunger on the inside of you for the more of god there is a hunger on the inside of you for the power and the presence of god and you look at your christian religious and i have to say it this way because if not it's not I'm, I'm trying to shake you out of it and you say 
so disconnected. And this is Catherine the thing, like what we just saw, there's such a disconnect from the average normal Christian, average church when Catherine's trying to show you and I'm trying to show you, this is what you have access to. This is what you can do that God can take someone who's trying to be an actor in LA, raise her up as an apostle and user in this level. And guys, listen, I was an atheist. Like I was an atheist when God saved me and changed me and raised me up. And this is what God wants to do on the inside of you. I just feel the Holy Spirit so strong. I know we have some other stuff we're gonna talk about, but I just wanna tell you guys, tonight is your night for, for power. And I, I watch these and I get so convicted because even in my life, all the stuff that we're doing and everything I feel God telling me to do, I'm, I'm thinking, Catherine, there's so much more, even for Isaiah Saldivar, there's so much more. Yeah. And it gives, me a, it gives me a holy hunger and a holy jealousy. And you know, Paul told the Jews, he said, I went to the Gentiles. Listen to me when I'm, there's 3,000 of you. Listen to what I'm about to say. He said, I went to the Gentiles and preached to them so that I could provoke you to jealousy, so that you could watch the preaching, watch these videos, watch these deliverances, watch these healings. And Paul said, you could be jealous saying, Lord, I want that. I wanna live that life. And let me just boldly say this. We have over 80 people just in Los Angeles on our deliverance map. If you are in Los Angeles, you need to get to this park. You need to go add her on Facebook, which I've linked it, add her on YouTube, which I've linked it in the description. Find this park. If I was in a, a, an hour driving range and get to this park and get in the presence of God, let me just say this. If the presence of God is moving somewhere, you do whatever you have to do to get there. doesn't matter what you have to do, what price you have to pay, what flight you have to take, what hour you have to drive, you get to a place where the presence of God is moving. So I'm just telling you, I'm so blown away by these clips. And these are just a taste of all of the clips that she's posting and sharing and all that God is doing. God is doing an amazing work. I just want to say, I am so proud of you, Catherine, for what God has done in you, what God is doing. I really feel that this tonight, something is happening in the spirit, but I think it's just the beginning of a new calling, a new launching that God is sending you out even to the next level on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, on all that God has for you, because this is what we need to highlight. Like we're highlighting, and guys, I could say whatever I want, it's my show, so I don't have to even apologize because I almost apologize. We're highlighting all of these mega church speakers and preachers that are not doing anything. They're not walking in power. They're not walking in authority. And I'm going, Lord, would you continue, God, to highlight these deliverance videos, highlight these healing videos, because there's a major work happening. I know, I guess you could just share some of this that you're seeing happen in the park, but just this deliverances, man, this is deliverance revival happening. It goes right alongside. I feel like we're just the same tribe. We're connected. We're the remnant that God is raising up because God is really raising up, Catherine. You know this, an end time deliverance army. We call it the special forces, the spiritual sniper but God is raising up this end time army to go out and do the work, not to wait around, say, well, I'm gonna wait for my church to do it. I'm gonna wait for a gathering, but God is enlisting the army to go and do these works. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. So why don't you just maybe share a couple of what we're seeing in the videos, maybe some, some stuff that you're seeing in the park and kind of just this journey that you guys have had meeting in the park. And are you, are you going to stay in the park or what's, what's the next step? Yeah. So, well, it, it, it started um, in July of last year. We went out to the park and um, we would have literally like one person show up to church at that wow. point. And this was, I mean, I, I started Fivefold Church four and a half years ago. So, I mean, God gives you a promise, but he doesn't give you a timeline lots of times. He doesn't right. say when the promise will come to pass because this is where your faith grows so much. And so I had no clue. I knew this is a I knew I knew this was a big calling, but I had no clue how long it was gonna take. So my gosh, I mean, 
week after week, you're just like, nobody's coming or one person's coming or, or somebody comes and they're touched by the power of God, but they don't come back. And it's yes. just, <laughs> you know, um, we just kept going, just kept going. I have one, one faithful friend, disciple. She's like a Jonathan, like Jonathan to the David. Oh, she is exactly like a Jonathan to, to Dave, to David. If I'm David, um, she's stuck by me since almost the beginning of the ministry and she's been faithful. And so it's just her and I, her name is Jean She's our worship leader. It was just her and I in the fall. And um, as of January, once people online started seeing, that's when it started growing. And that's 2021 that this has all started happening. This just started happening in January wow. this year, yeah. It, and, and it's just, it's grown really fast lately. Like 75 were there this past wow. week. Um, 60 were there the week before i think like 40 were there the week before like 40 or 30 like it's just it's really it's like a wildfire that's spreading and so many people are actually traveling it's people seen online wow and they're traveling they're flying there we have people come from fresno from san diego this past week making road trips to be where the power of god is so um yeah he's just been as you can see in the in the in the in the, in the videos one day demons started manifesting for the first time it was a couple months ago and demons were cast out this was someone who had traveled all the way from massachusetts wow she saw just like a preaching instagram video and she said i see jesus in your eyes so and i feel like i need to go there and it was witchcraft that that had been done on her in her life and she came and god set her free the demon spoke out of her mouth i don't want her to preach wow and I said, she will preach, go in Jesus name. And that's, that was the one where you see the girl like falling over when I say leave and the, the, the force of the demon coming out of her made her fall down, which we see in the Bible. We see there's an example of when a demon was cast out, the force of the demon leaving pushed the person down and they thought the person was dead, but they were just filled, filled with so much peace from being free. And that's what we saw with her. So it's amazing how we're seeing literally the book of Acts. Come on. We're seeing it before our eyes. We're seeing it before our eyes. Um, there's been, you know, several different uh, deliverances that have happened that have been through women. The demons are speaking similar things. Wow. They're speaking, I don't want her to preach. And all those clips that you just showed, I want to share with everyone watching. You can go to my TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and I have the full moments of all of them. And the address Very for the powerful. church, because there's about 150 comments that are asking for the address, but that's all on her social media pages. Yeah, Pan Pacific Park is where it is, LA. Um, but the whole deliverance moment, which is so powerful, and it's amazing. It opens up your eyes to see demons be cast out. Let me tell you, first of all, it opens up your eyes to, wow, the devil really hates us. Yes. And God is actually on our side. And all this, it opens up your eyes to see, oh my gosh, he's really trying hard. Like the condemnation that comes so much, the religious spirit that comes so much, you know, those voices in your head, like you're not doing enough for God or God doesn't really love you or you'll never be used powerfully by God. It's the devil. Mm. And when you can see this with your own eyes, it opens up your spiritual eyes in the moment to see, wow, the devil's really trying. Wow, the devil's really serious about his kingdom, serious at work. And this is opens up your eyes to see when you see a demon being cast out, you can see God's love for his people. Yes. 
people don't have to do anything special to receive freedom. It's just Jesus says, this is my child and I've been anointed to set free the oppressed. So I see them oppressed and I'm going to set them free. I'm not going to let them stay oppressed. This is why deliverance is so important because that's not the heart of God to not to not let have people be free. To be yes, I'm going to preach the gospel and I don't care if you're oppressed. Wow. No, say like what it, if we don't open up our hearts to for for deliverance and when we don't see the beauty in it, if people are like, "Oh, that's awkward" or "Oh, that makes me uncomfortable." Oh, God wants us to see the beauty in it this is the heart of jesus is seeing evil looking in the eye taking time taking choosing to take time spend his time and look evil in the eye it's like going to a dungeon going into a dirty smelly dungeon and bringing out his beloved child rescuing them out of that prison you know, you have to go into the dirty, uncomfortable place because of his, because of your love for the person. That's the heart that God wants us to have. So he wants us to see the beauty in deliverance. Deliverance looks different. You know, sometimes people are throwing up. This happened the past Sunday. Someone threw up in front of everyone. Sometimes it's throwing up. Sometimes it's shrieking so ear piercing loud. That happened this Sunday too. Um, It looks different. It looks like the demon speaking so evilly. I mean, people might think it's like uncomfortable to watch or troubling, but can we renew our minds to have really the heart of Jesus and to see what's going on? Like, can we understand that this person is tormented by demons? I want them to be free. So whatever it takes. And, you know, I want to encourage you if you're, if you're able to be part of a, of a ministry of a church where the power of God is, we, we need soldiers Come to on. stand there and cheer on Jesus, you know, and see the beauty in it, you know, to, to invite people to come receive deliverance. We need to get out of our heads that it's like, oh, that's not for me. I'd rather go to a church where deliverance isn't happening because it's uncomfortable. God wants us to have his real heart to set free the oppressed. So good. So anyway, so these women, anyways, these women that have been delivered lately, the demons have been speaking similar things. I don't want her to preach. Mm. He said out of several. One says, I'm messing with her faith at all costs because I don't want her to preach. She will not preach the gospel is what they were speaking. Another one says through, through a woman, no, I don't want her to go to the nations. I don't want her to speak for the kingdom of God. Whining. Oh, I don't want her to preach. Same thing. Okay, so first of all, this opens up our eyes to see that maybe it's not you feeling like you're not qualified, that you're not good enough used by God. Maybe it's the devil speaking to you, messing with your faith, just like they were speaking through that woman. Ah, It opens up our eyes to see how the devil really works and how much he doesn't want you to be used by God. You are a powerful vessel of God. God wants to use you so powerfully, so powerfully. You need to know this, no matter who you are, God wants to use you so powerfully and the devil is terrified of the calling on your life Mm. because God created you for a powerful calling to do something only you can do. He wants to move through you in a unique way and touch people that only you can touch and reach. 
So we got to renew our minds of that all the time instead of feeling insecure and not good enough and uh, thinking about our past. We got to see rightly in the spiritual realm. The devil's trying on my life, trying in my mind because I have a powerful calling. This motivates you and strengthens you to go forward. So and good. this has been so powerful because lately, you know, um, before I had uh, like uh, more people watching the lives, a bigger following before that, I didn't get so many tons of people saying women can't preach. Wow. Go ahead. Um, talk about but, it. <laughs> but all of a sudden, now that there's so many more people, I am shocked at the spirit of religion. Yep, that's I mean, what it is. Every single, I think every single day, women can't preach. And not only that, saying that I need to repent and I, what I'm doing is so awful. Um, wow. Well, first of all, we need to have more reverence for the Holy Spirit. Like, what if God wants to use women, first of all, and then you're speaking against wow. who, who God wants to use? That's how we grieve the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit works through people. But it is absolutely God's will to use men and women. And I know there's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that, that says that women should be silent, should not teach and should not have authority over men and that's a scripture that the the spirit of religion has twisted this yes. is how the spirit of religion works it twists the spirit of religion it's like you have a veil so you're reading scripture and the letter kills but the spirit gives life so people with spirit of religion their eyes aren't open they're like the pharisees they're not getting true revelation from the holy spirit and so the letter's killing them bringing the their false revelation is kills the work of god wow. i mean there are so many of you watching right now who are women who god's called to use you powerfully to preach to teach and you today you will be set free from Come the spirit on. of religion from that's attacked you that you you've heard so many times women can't preach women can't preach it's god's will for you to preach that the meaning of that the true revelation that we need to have from the Holy Spirit of this scripture is that when we read scripture, we need to look at the context, the context, like what was going on at that time period. And we need to understand that this was an apostle speaking prophetically. We're not used to prophetic ministry these days. Okay. Prophetic ministry, meaning speaking a rhema present tense word of God to the people. That's how God wants to speak. Not just logos, which is the written word, but the rhema, which is the prophetic word of today, of now. God's speaking this now. Like revival is now. Um, so what was happening in those days? When you look at the context, historians have studied what people groups were doing in those days, what people were acting like. So women in those days were, were, were competing with the men and we're not using wisdom. They were not being humble and they were being loud. And so they were zealous about their spiritual gifts, but not in the good way. And so they were being disruptive and loud in the church and it was making it so the word of God could not go forth. So Apostle Paul with wisdom speaks a prophetic word of God to the women. Women sit down, ask your husbands at home. Why did he do that? 
because he could see the scheme of the enemy to stop the word of God. So he says the word of God needs to go forward. So I'm speaking this prophetic word for you people at this time right now. So it's not for all women. And you know what's powerful? Well, you know what's so powerful is that the same time where I was getting so much of this, so many people attacking me, like women cannot preach. Um, one of the women that you saw in that video where she's speaking, she will not preach. One of the clips he showed, um, she was, the demon did not want her to preach. First of all, this gives us insight. Demons are the truth when the anointing is there. Wow, it is God's will for women to preach, first of all. So secondly, um, there was there was a man there when deliverance was happening where just basically a religious spirit was manifesting and he started to get kind of like angry that she wasn't of just what was going on. And so she, he starts like, as I'm like preaching, I was just... I was just casting out demons of her and then begin to preach. He just starts speaking not nice things, not happy about the deliverance that's taking place. Um, and saying and, and, and holding the Bible and saying, you need to preach the word of God. Um, and you know what? I could see what was going on in the spiritual realm. I could see that the devil did not want the word of God to go forth. And even before that happened, the demon started manifesting in that girl when I was preaching. I said, demons spoke out of her before because there was multiple deliverance that needed to take place. And I said, demons spoke out of her before. And they said, don't speak about me. Don't speak about me. And so I could see, wow. So then I, then I had to cast out demons right then and there and stop the sermon for that point and then continue the sermon. So then is when the disruption happened. So I could see prophetically what was going on? The devil did not want this word of God to go forth. So with wisdom, prophetically, as an apostle of today, I spoke, sir, sit down. Sit down, just firmly, you know? Or it said, be quiet, sit down. Because that's with wisdom, you know? You could see what was going on in the spiritual realm. Now, religious spirit could see, like, that's not loving, right? But I could see... Just like Apostle Paul said to the woman, sit, you need to sit down so the word of God can go forth. So that was not me speaking for all men. That was a prophetic word for that man at that time. Yeah. So that's the meaning. It's, it's, God's, it's God's will for women and men to teach in the church and also hold offices in the fivefold ministry. Pastors, even. It's his, it's his will for all men and women and we see even phoebe was sent by apostle paul to a church to bring to bring a letter so she's she's teaching the word of god so good so i was thinking helped. of as you were saying that i was thinking of first of all i don't know if you guys caught what she just did there she basically painted the picture of paul for that time telling those women not to speak because they're asking questions across the synagogue and they're disrupting and doing all that and then she used the illustration of her telling this man at the service not to speak but it's again not for all men it was for that specific man so i, I love what you did there i think it went over some people's head there but that's so good i was thinking of philip who by the way guys if you don't know philip Philip is the only named evangelist in the Bible. So there's only one named evangelist in all the Bible. It's Philip. I believe it's in Acts chapter 8. Philip cast out demons. So listen to what Philip did. No, I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase this. Philip preached the gospel. 
The Bible says, and this is for all of you that are debating, can Christians have demons? You can use this next time you argue someone as ammo. Philip preached the gospel in Acts chapter 8. He preached. The Bible says they heeded to Philip's preaching. So what does that mean? They responded to Philip's preaching. Well, how did Philip do altar calls? Same way Peter did in Acts 2.38, right? That was the model, was repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. So Philip preaches. They received the message, the Bible says. Then Philip casted demons out of them and then healed the sick. So look at the structure of Philip's ministry. He preaches to them. They get saved, realizing even though they're Christians, the Bible nowhere in scripture says once you're a Christian, you can't have demons. He realizes even though they're believers, they're still demons from their past demons. Cast the demons out of them. This is the only evangelist in scripture. If you didn't know, evangelism wasn't fill out a card, pray a prayer. It was get them saved, cast the demons out of them. But the Bible says Philip had four daughters and they all prophesied. So, and Catherine, I don't know if you know this, I have four daughters. I have four little girls. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. So I'm like, I, I, I feel like I'm Philip, right? I, I cast out demons, I preach the gospel. Where were Philip's daughters prophesying, okay? That's the question we have to ask. Do you think Philip's daughters were prophesying in the, in the closet somewhere, in the home? Philip's holding meetings. Now, Paul teaches us about prophecy in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and paul talks about prophesying in a meeting so in my mind if philip had four daughters that are prophesying philip's having revival meetings where he's casting out demons preaching it's pretty safe to say philip's daughters are prophesying at the meetings at the gatherings because paul teaches us we prophesy in meetings so again we see this all throughout scripture and i learned the same thing you talked about in bible college where they're asking questions across this is a lie from the devil this is one of the devil's lies to keep women yeah. from doing what god has called them to do now our audience 65 to 70% of them are female. And that's because more women are prone to receiving the gospel, receiving deliverance, because men deal with pride. Men are, I'm a guy, I could say this, are extremely proud. And this is one thing I wanted to touch on when it comes to how to receive deliverance. You cannot receive deliverance. Now listen to me closely, because many of you are gonna get delivered tonight. You cannot receive deliverance and be prideful at the same time. I don't know about you, Catherine, but I've never done deliverance on someone that was proud and arrogant because demons hang on to pride. So you have to start by, and this is part of the humbling process, with understanding it's possible that you have a demon. Now, oh, Isaiah, I'm a pastor. I don't care what Bible college, what cemetery, I mean seminary. I don't care what degree you have. I don't care how educated you are. It's possible that you have a demon. So it starts with the acknowledging of, it doesn't matter. I've said this before to my audience. Listen, if I need deliverance, I'll go get deliverance right now. Me and Alexander Bagani talk about this all the time. Like, let's do deliverance on each other because it doesn't matter if I have 100,000 subscribers or whatever followers or whatever YouTube. If I acknowledge I have a demon, then that opens me up to being able to get deliverance. Now, I heard something, Catherine, this last week from a mega, mega, mega church pastor. And I say mega, mega because literally every single person knows this guy. He's one of the most top five famous preachers in the entire world, like literally, right? And I was listening to one of his random clips. I don't even know why I was listening to it because anyways, I'm not going to say his name, by the way, guys, if you're trying to wonder and guess, you can figure this out yourself. He's in a sermon preaching this, Catherine, and he started talking about how he goes and sees a therapist, which already I'm like, whatever, all right? And he said that in his therapy, he talks to the therapist. This is a mega, mega, mega church pastor. He goes and talks to the therapist about how he hears voices in his head and the voices tell him to doubt and the unbelief and voices of anxiety and voices of this. And he's literally telling his congregation that he hears voices and his therapist is like, oh, that's normal. That's your inner dialogue. And he's normalizing being demonized. And this is what we've done in the church. We've literally made it normal to hear voices. Yeah. We've made it normal to have demons. And now you have mega, 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 mega church pastors on stage saying it's normal to see a therapist. It's normal to hear voices. And then I thought about Legion, where Jesus confronted the demon. The demon said, for many, there are many of us. Like, many are we, I think it is in King James, right? 
Many what? Many demons, many voices. And I came to tell somebody, it's not normal to hear voices. It's not normal. And, and we've normalized de deliverance because we're not willing to confront demons. And this is one thing, when you want to get deliverance, you got to be willing to confront your demons. You have to be willing to confront the demonic. This is one thing, Catherine, you do so powerfully is you don't sit there and wait, you confront the demon. So if you're a, someone in this chat right now and you're like, there's 3,000 of you and you're like, well, I've never manifested. Have you ever confronted the demon? Have you ever acknowledged there might be a demon? Because unless you get to that place of desperation, do not expect deliverance. One of the main ways to receive deliverance is you have to start with desperation. You cannot get delivered if you're in unbelief or if you're passive or if you're prideful. You need to come desperate. Well, Isaiah, what about the man at the tombs? Go read the Bible. It says the man ran to Jesus and fell on his knees and started crying out in torment. The man had a desperation in him. And even though he had thousands of demons, it didn't stop him from getting his deliverance. So I remember, Catherine, when I got delivered, I was so desperate. My little sister delivered me. I was at work trying to share my faith and I was like wanting to growl while sharing my faith at Starbucks where I worked at the time. And I'm like, I gotta get home. I tried casting the demons out of myself in my car. I failed because I started screaming. I couldn't do it. I got home so desperate. The only person I could think was my little sister. because She's the one that brought me to church. And I told her, I said, look, these demons want to come out of me. They don't want to be here. I want you to pray for me. And the moment you pray, they're all going to leave because I was desperate for deliverance. So desperate. I was willing for my little sister to do deliverance and she cast all the demons out of me. This is where we have to start when it comes to receiving on how to be delivered is we got to start with desperation. Desperation will take you places you can never go otherwise. Desperation will get you in a car driving hours. Desperation will get you on a flight. Desperation will put you in a position to get delivered. I had someone last week calling my show, Catherine. She said, I want to get delivered. I'm desperate. But, you know, I looked at your map and the closest person is an hour away. Now, I was nice to her because she's probably in the chat right now. But I wanted to say you're not desperate enough to get delivered. Like if you're not willing to drive an hour to get your deliverance, you're not desperate enough. And so I've watched God do deliverance on those that are desperate. Guys, we need to have desperation. And then let me just say this and I'll, I'll pass over to you. We could talk about just different ways to prepare for deliverance because we're going to pray deliverance over you tonight if you didn't know, right? And I know some of you are getting nervous here. Your demons should be nervous. Your palms should be sweating because we're going to go after them here tonight. But Another thing I was thinking about this week, Catherine, is making your spiritual house, which the Bible says you are. Jesus said, the demon leaves, said, I'm going to return to my home, which is people. And there's lots of verses that, you know, can talk about spiritual homes. But anyways, your spiritual house, make your house a place demons don't want to live. Make your body a place demons hate being in. I remember when I got delivered, the demons didn't want to be there. They're like, he's praying, he's fasting, he's in church. So some of you, here's the reason why you haven't got delivered. Your demons are too comfortable. They have Wi-Fi. You give them a nine course meal of compromise every night. You give them everything they want. And you know, if you're trying to get squatters out of a home that you own, you need to turn the water off. You need to turn the electricity bill off. You need to cancel the gardener. You need to turn the heat off and you need to make the demons want to leave you the reason why some of you have struggled in getting deliverance because the demons they want to stay there because it's hometown buffet every single night you turn on the television so i think for one thing god's been showing me catherine is we got to get people raise up people that if they want to get delivered they need to make their demons uncomfortable how do i do that prayer and fasting 
Jesus said in Mark 9 that these kinds of spirits only come out by prayer and fasting. So there's certain strengths of demons and the way that you weaken the demons is by starving them. Stop feeding them. So these are just several ways I was was just praying about today, thinking about that we can start positioning ourselves to be delivered, acknowledging you need deliverance, coming desperate and making your house uncomfortable. Make it to where the demons don't want to be there and they're just ready to go. Some people, you know, you know this, Catherine, you do deliverance 10 minutes and they're out. Some other, some other people we spend an hour with, two hours, three hours with, because they're not ready, they're not desperate enough, and they're not, you know, they haven't put themselves in a position where the demons are uncomfortable and the demons actually want to leave. I mean, maybe you could give us some tips here and talk about just different ways we could position ourselves just to receive deliverance. Yeah. So the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. What is anointing? Anointing is the Holy Spirit. But it's the Holy Spirit that comes as the power of God. It's the anointing that was working in Elijah doing mighty miracles and then was imparted to Elisha. And he was doing the same miracles and even more. And then we see anointing in Moses. He's doing mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. And we see Joshua now walking in these miracles as it was imparted you know and when we look at the acts church we see anointing in apostle paul we the bible says that he was doing such extraordinary and unusual miracles that people were bringing handkerchiefs to his skin and placing the handkerchief on the demon possessed and people and the demons would come out they would place it on the sick people and the people would be healed we also see a powerful anointing in apostle peter where he would walk by people they would lay people in a row on cots on the street and he would walk by and just his shadow touching the people would heal them and the bible says demons would also be cast out as his shadow walked by So when we look at the book of Acts, we see how demons are cast out. It shows us how. Well, we see that people were coming to where anointing was flowing. They were coming to the church, to the ministry, where anointing was flowing. Because Ephesians 6.12, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so these, these things mentioned, these, these different ones, principalities, powers, rulers, these are actually different levels of demonic forces. And every believer has the power to deal with the lower level demonic forces. Every believer does. Many of those come as the form of the spiritual attack of lies in your mind. We have the power. The word shows us what to do to renew our mind with the word of God, to meditate on the word of God, to speak the word of God, to, to focus on the things of the spirit, to, be, to have your mind being governed by the spirit, not the flesh. There are different levels, though. And there are different, there are different levels of demonic forces and there are different levels of anointing. 
Like when we see in the book of Acts, it specifically says Apostle Paul was doing extraordinary, unusual miracles, specifically him. And then it said specifically Apostle Peter was his shadow. Whoa, that was a different kind of anointing. Okay, and this is because God has order, he has structure. His church is important, his order. And so we see that when people came to the church, they came to where the power of God was flowing from anointed ministers, from the apostles, for example, in the book of Acts. We see that there, as they positioned themselves where the anointing was flowing, they were set free. They were healed. And so all believers, God wants to walk in anointing, to carry the power of God. That's you, everyone, that's all of yours call. But he has a way in which anointing comes. And that is impartation. Impartation. There's a flow of anointing. Like how we saw from Elijah to Elisha, Moses to Joshua. We see Timothy under Apostle Paul. There's this flow. We see that, that it says in the Bible that the elders laid hands on people and then spiritual gifts were released. And they laid hands. So the leaders who were walking in anointing released the power of God. So we need, when, when you know you need deliverance, or even if you don't know you need deliverance, both ways, you should, God wants you to do what they did in the book of Acts and position yourself where anointing's flowing, where you see deliverance happening. Where are you seeing healing taking place, miracles happening? This is your cue. Jesus is moving here. The kingdom of God is moving here. There is a higher level anointing here. So no matter the demonic stronghold I have in my life, generational curses, no matter how strong that principality is, I know that I'm at the place where the highest level of anointing is moving, is flowing to break it. So that, that is key to position yourself where anointing is flowing, to be humble about it in that way, to simply see where is God moving? Where is deliverance taking place? Just like in the book of Acts. Okay, I'm going to come. It says that they were bringing people to the church, tons of people that were bringing sick and demon possessed. They were bringing them to the church. That's how the word spread about Jesus. That's how the word got out in the Acts church. They were hearing about anointing flowing. They were hearing about miracles taking place. So people needed miracles in their life. That's how Jesus wants to be represented. Jesus wants to be known as the miracle worker, the one who sets free the oppressed. This is my love. This is my love for you because people have real problems in their life. And Jesus doesn't want to just show them love in word. He wants to show them love in action. Okay, you have an addiction. This happened last two weeks ago in our church, a pornography addiction. You have a pornography addiction. I want to free you right now. I want to free you. I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying don't sin. I'm saying I'm going to free you. And now don't sin anymore. Now that you don't have chains around you that you can't help because they're demonic. Now, because the anointing has broken the yoke, now you can go and sin no more. Now you can because the chains have been broken, number one. 
And number two, you have the desire to go sin no more and to follow Jesus because your eyes have been opened up to the love of Jesus because you've experienced his love in action of freeing you from the thing that hurt you the most in life. People here, it's not enough to say Jesus loves you. No, you need to show people Jesus loves you. Release the anointing and show people that Jesus loves them. That's how church is supposed to be. That's how ministry is supposed to be. That, you know, Apostle Paul says, when I came to you, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words to persuade you to come to Jesus. No. He says, I didn't want your faith to be based on me persuading you. I want it to be based on the power of God. I want your faith to be based on that. So what do I do? I preach the word of God with power. I allow the anointing to flow through me so your spirit's being fed. So even like right now, like here, anointing's flowing. Here, on this, on this podcast, on this live right now, for Isaiah and me, anointing's flowing. So your spirit's getting fed. So it's like you're coming alive. A lot of you are feeling like you're coming alive more. A lot of you feel like you're loving Jesus more, like your eyes are opening more. It's the anointing. It's the power of God that's being released. There's something happening to you right now that's different from other like preachings you've heard about Jesus. Why? Because it's the power of God, the anointing on the word. And so this is how God wants it to be. This is how Apostle Paul did it, how he ministered. He preached the word of God with power and with God's true heart, free of religion. But Paul himself really knew Jesus, really knew Jesus's heart, his heart for his people. So when he delivered the word, it was Jesus's pure heart coming out of him. No religion, condemnation, no veil over his eyes. Paul's eyes were open and he became this pure vessel for Jesus. Jesus coming in power through him. Number one. Number two, then he released the power of God so people could have encounters with Jesus themselves. He released the power of God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Paul steps back as he released, and now it's Jesus and that person. Or he casts out demons, and it's Jesus and that person being freed by Jesus right there, or they're healed. That's how we're supposed to release Jesus to this world. So good. And you know, everybody, many of them in the chat and me and you both have the same story raised in church like you. And then we end up going our own way. And it usually the most common denominator is we didn't have that experience. Like Job said, my ears heard yeah. about you, but now my eyes see you. So it goes from hearing the gospel uh -huh. to experiencing the gospel. And, and many people deal with disappointment because their expectation and their experience don't match. So their expectation when they go to church is, I'm going to encounter God. God's real. God's alive. Because that's what we preach. Most churches preach that regardless of whether they demonstrate it. Well, now that's your expectation. But because that's not the experience, we're not seeing the power of God. We're not seeing miracles. We're not seeing deliverance. That creates disappointment because we say, we know God's mm -hmm. powerful. And I, I was raised in church. I believe... I feel like I do, that God is real and powerful, but what is missing where I'm not experiencing that? And that's why Jesus said in John 10, listen guys, if you don't believe me, believe the signs and wonders and miracles and know that the Father's in me and I'm the Father. In fact, in the Great Commission in Matthew, he told them, I will accompany you and confirm the message with signs. So I hate when people say, well, you can't really prove God. And you know, yes, you can. Signs and wonders 
prove God is who he says he is and prove that we are the only true religion. Like, why should you? Now, you might be in here and you're a troll or an atheist and you've been trying to troll us in the chat. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here. I love when people come in here and they're negative and they're trolling all that. That's great because those are people we want to reach. And you're saying, Isaiah, what separates you guys from the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, the Buddhists, the Muslims, the Catholics, the everything else, New Age? What we just showed you in the video 30 minutes ago or 40 minutes ago, that right there is what separates us. It's the signs and wonders that prove the mm. gospel. So if we're not demonstrating the gospel and we're not demonstrating the kingdom of God, then why are we expecting the world to believe our gospel? Why are we like surprised when celebrities and atheists and Buddhists and Muslims, they don't believe us. They shouldn't believe us unless we demonstrate. And so the Bible says God confirms, and this is another thing that proves women should and could preach for all you religious people in here, is that the Bible says that God will accompany the word and validate it with the miracles. So if miracles weren't happening in your ministry or women were preaching and no miracles were happening, that's because God wasn't validating it. The fact that miracles are happening in your ministry and, and thousands of other women that are preaching is a sign that the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is actually validating the work. So I always look for where is the fruit? Like you could preach good, you could have a great gift, but is there actual fruit? Are people getting healed? Are people getting delivered? Are they going from death to life? I'm not concerned with people filling out a card and inviting Jesus to you know, build a treehouse in their heart. Right. I'm concerned with are people surrendering their life? Are they repenting? Are they being delivered? Are miracles happening? Because I know this, and you know this, Catherine, but the chat might not. Deliverance is the fingerprint of God on an individual. Jesus said, I cast out demons by the finger of God. So when the spirit comes out, that's the finger of God coming upon the person, right? Touching the person and God leaves his fingerprint. So if you've been delivered, which I have been, praise the Lord, and many of you in the chat have been, then you have the hand of God, the fingerprint, the mark of God. Now, the reason why, if you don't know why in the chat, Jesus said this, he was teaching Pharisees and he was using an illustration or he was using something they understood back when Moses was battling Pharaoh and the magicians were trying to do what Moses did. So Moses turned water into blood. They turned water into blood. Moses did this and they got to a place where they couldn't do what Moses was doing. And they go to Pharaoh and they basically said, we're trying to keep up with him, but he's too powerful. And Pharaoh's like, why, is, why are you guys not able to do it? And this is what they said. He does these things by the finger of God. That's what they said. When Jesus taught the Pharisees, he knew they knew the verbiage because it goes back to the genuine power of God. And Jesus said in the same way that Moses was doing genuine miracles, because remember they, command, they accused him of doing it by the power of Satan. Jesus said, if I cast out a spirit that's by, by the finger of God, surely you know my kingdom has come. So the finger of God is what drives out the demons. Now, if we're in a place or a church, again, where miracles are not happening, deliverance is not happening, it comes down to this. Now, I've been preaching for 10 years. I preached in over 500 churches. This is what I've been telling pastors, okay? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm 10 years past arguing with pastors. I, I'm done. I can't handle it. I just, I'm not doing it anymore. But here's what I'm telling pastors now, Catherine. Instead of trying to argue, well, about, you know, Christians can have a demon. Acts 5, they were filled with Satan, Peter, Judas, and trying to give them all the verses of Paul saying, you know, you've let another spirit come. All the verses I have that say Christians can have a demon. And you know me, and you, yeah. I'm very strong on this. Um, I've gotten to the place where this is what I tell pastors. I ask him a very simple question. Do you want to see people free? And this is what it all boils down to. Forget the arguing, the debating, could Christians cannot. Do you want to see people free? And if the answer is yes, then deliverance has to happen in your church. It's not maybe if, if God wants, God already wants it. Cause we know, cause his word says that he sent the disciples to do it. He told them in Matthew 28, go do what I commanded you to do to ever go command them to do it and teach them. Right? So if you want people to be free, 
the vehicle for freedom in the scripture, not in Isaiah's, not in Catherine's ministry, in Isaiah, not in Isaiah's, in the word of God is deliverance ministry. And this is why I always tell people, it's not, it's not, there's no such thing as deliverance ministry. Deliverance is Jesus's ministry. It's the yeah. ministry of Jesus Christ. So if we remove this theology of, oh, deliverance ministry, it's not deliverance ministry, it's the ministry of Jesus Christ. And if we want mm. people to be free, I can't find, Catherine, I don't know about you, another vehicle in scripture where people get free. I can't find it. Now, right. I don't see therapy. Now, again, if you're seeing a therapist, praise the Lord. There's a lot of spirit-filled godly therapists. Praise the Lord for them, right? I just don't see Jesus telling people, go get a pill, go get therapy. We're going to counsel the demons out. If you have a demon, now, if you don't have a demon, you might need therapy, okay? If you have a demon, you don't need therapy, you need deliverance, okay? If you're hearing voices, you don't need a therapist to say, well, what voice talks to you from when you were seven and you had trauma as a kid? You need the finger of God to drive the demon out. Now, if you've been delivered and you've gone through trauma, maybe you need therapy to help you get through that trauma. That's not what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is, if you have a demon, you don't need a pill to sedate your demon. You need deliverance. So I think the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves as leaders, as pastors, Again, I'm preaching to the choir when I'm telling you, but I'm telling the 3,100 people, many of them, many pastors in the chat because I can see their names and I know them. Do we want our people to get free? And if we do, what do I have to do to see deliverance? What is it going to cost me? Is it going to cost me not being able to golf on Saturdays? Come on, somebody. Is it going to cost me not having my membership to the country club where I'm golfing Wednesday through Saturday? Maybe I'm going to have to start creating teams. I'm going to have to start casting out demons. I'm going to have to start stop not being so lukewarm sensitive i don't call it seeker sensitive i call it lukewarm sensitive where i'm sensitive to the lukewarm people in my church right i'm i have to stop um going from service to service to service and just getting out right away i have to i have to leave room to facilitate deliverance and this is what my mission's been for the last since august and why we're getting on here we're teaching on deliverance over and over and over over 50 hours i'm so passionate catherine about pastors and leaders saying we got to get people free i'm tired of watching the same people come in, in bondage leave in bondage when there's been too high uh, high of a price paid for people to get i know we're going late here to get delivered and free so i think this is something where we're moving out of a time and i'm actually going to be with bob larson tomorrow night on his broadcast who's you know he's been doing deliverance since jesus was a baby but we're getting to a time where people can no longer um will no longer accept that God isn't doing deliverance today. They're no longer going to accept a pastor telling them deliverance is not for today, but they're going to pound down the gates of the church saying, I need freedom. What do I got to do? Get me free. So I think that's the season that we're moving into right now. Amen. But it's Amen. exciting time. So what I want to do, guys, I think unless you wanted to make any closing remarks, Catherine, I want to pray. Um, I'm going to have you, if you don't mind, just praying deliverance over the chat. I know many people right now are like, they're ready. We're an hour and 40 minutes in. Again, I honor your time. I appreciate your time. I want to make sure that I sow into you. I want to make sure everybody follows your ministry. I've linked you in the descriptions and the Facebook, all that. We're going to make sure they get all the links there. If there's any closing remarks, and if not, I would love you just to we'll pray deliverance over the chat. And then after you pray deliverance, I'll just pray the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know tonight, Many of you that have never prayed in tongues, we're not talking about the 1 Corinthians 12 speaking in tongues. We're talking about praying that unknown language, that 1 Corinthians 14, you praying that I believe every believer has access to this, where they could pray in the spirit, they could be full of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna, I want to pray that over you. Catherine's going to pray deliverance over you. I don't know if, Catherine, if there's any closing remarks you wanted to make or anything you wanted to say before we get into prayer. Just thank you so much for having me, and I know God's going to move powerfully.
Yes, right awesome, awesome. So we're gonna pray over you guys right now. So if you're ready, guys, I want you to posture yourself. Catherine's gonna pray deliverance. We're gonna pray, we're gonna break those, command those things to leave. And we believe tonight by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is gonna set you free and deliver you. Amen. Awesome, so go Thank for it, you. Catherine, whenever you're ready. Thank, Thank you, you Jesus. Thank you, Father. I see many people with addictions right now who are watching. And first of all, God is saying right now that you have a demonic chain that needs to be broken. And I declare every spirit of condemnation and guilt to leave you in Jesus' name. And I speak to the addiction. I declare the addiction to go from you now in Jesus' name. Every pornography addiction, leave right now in Jesus' name. Every, every spirit of attraction that's not from God, I speak it to leave in Jesus' name. Obsessing, lust, obsession, I, OCD with lust, I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. Addiction to substances, drug, drugs, alcohol, I declare it to go, leave now in Jesus' name. God is setting people free from the mind right now. I see there's chains, bonded strongholds, depression, anxiety. God is freeing you right now. God is freeing you right now. I declare every spirit of depression to leave now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Panic attacks, leave now in Jesus' name. Night terrors, torment in the night. There's many of you right now that have torment in the night, recurring dreams, recurring sexual dreams where someone's sleeping with you in the dream. I declare it to go now in Jesus' name. Every sexual husband, wife, go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All insomnia, go. I speak peaceful sleep to you now in Jesus' name. I speak dreams from God to come to you now in Jesus' name. I speak every spirit of infirmity. There's some of you watching right now who have sickness, who have a spirit of infirmity where a, the demon was sent to kill you, sent to bring you sickness. He has lost today. I declare every spirit of infirmity. Your time is up. Leave everybody now in Jesus' name. All sickness, leave in Jesus' name. Every disease, go. Every pain on your body, I speak the pain to go. I speak healing to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see there's people here who have um, um, a, a, a mental spirit, like a mental problem, like you've been diagnosed something, like a mental sickness. There's some people with OCD that you've been diagnosed that way. I declare that spirit to go, that OCD spirit to go in Jesus' name. Be free now in Jesus' name. Every, every uh, uh, diagnosis they've given you of the mind, Alzheimer's, go in Jesus' name. Every, every diagnosis of the mind, like you're schizophrenic, I speak that mental sickness spirit to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I see there's some demonic spirits here who have, who have entered in through a trauma in the past, through rape, incest, through, through abuse. I see witchcraft, spirits that are coming through witchcraft. God is freeing you now. I speak to every spirit of trauma 
that came in upon abuse. Go now in Jesus' name. And I speak that demonic spirit that kept bringing trauma back, kept bringing, reminding you visions from the past, visions of trauma, like flashing in your mind, waking you up at night, even nightmares, some of you. I declare that to stop. I declare that to stop now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. To over the spirit of death, some of you that the enemy has tried to take you out over and over. I believe that's one thing I got delivered from. I almost died like four or five times growing up, and I just come against right now the spirit of death in Jesus' name. You have no power, you have no place. The Lord rebukes you, and we say tonight that you are powerless in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of death, every spirit of infirmity, as you said. We command you to go up and out in Jesus name. You have no authority, you have no power. The Lord Jesus Christ rebukes you spirit of death. And I speak this over you that you will live and not die. That that generational curse of death that has been on your family where everyone's died at the same exact age from the same disease, I break it now in Jesus name. The word curse of death is broken in Jesus Jesus mighty name bipolar. I think you had said that too. And people are typing that in the chat. We come against every bipolar spirit right now every schizophrenic spirit we come against it now in jesus name satan you are powerless you did you are under our feet the god of peace will soon crush satan not under his feet but under your feet so i say right now satan you are crushed under of god's people that we bruise the head of every serpent every snake spirit spirit of pride spirit of leviathan spirit of python that's trying to tell you oh you don't need deliverance i come against you now in Jesus name we rebuke you you are broken you are powerless in the mighty name of Jesus and we speak freedom and we speak deliverance and we speak breakthrough in Jesus name father do the work we plead the blood of Jesus against you Satan you are powerless and I just pray right now listen if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit I want you just to put your hands out and I want you just to ask people always say well how do you receive the baptism Jesus said, if you ask for something good I will not give you something bad so you're not gonna get a fake Holy Spirit you're not gonna speak in tongues fake Jesus said if you ask for something good I'm not going to give you something fake or something bad. So just put your hands out and begin to ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit. When Paul came to Ephesus, he asked them, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, well, we've had John's baptism, but we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Some of you tonight have never even heard of the Holy Spirit, but God is going to miraculously fill you with his Holy Spirit. And I'll just go on a limb. Well, I'm not even going on a limb because the Bible says this. You cannot do what God has called you to do without the Holy Spirit. He said, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, if Jesus had the Holy Spirit and needed it to do what he did, if the disciples had the Holy Spirit and needed it to do what they did, who do you think you are that you don't need the Holy Spirit? So right now, I just pray over you. Just ask, put your hands out. Father, I pray that you would baptize them right now with the Holy Spirit and fire. I just pray right now the baptism of the Holy Spirit be released in Jesus' name. The power of the Holy Spirit be released in Jesus' name. The fire of the Holy Spirit be released in Jesus' name. And I say, receive the Holy Spirit. We just pray right now. Begin to open up your mouth. Let the Holy Spirit pray out of you. Open up your mouth. Let that heavenly language just to begin to come out of you right now. It might feel like babbling. You might feel your tongue vibrating. You might feel something wanting to come out. 
open your mouth just like we have to open our mouth and prophesy just like we have to open up our mouth and give words of knowledge i want you to open up your mouth by faith and begin to let the holy spirit pray out of you father we pray holy spirit fire right now and then some of you say well i've been baptized before paul says to be filled be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So he wants to indwell you, but then he also wants to fill you, continually fill you. So if you need to be refilled, come on, you go take your car every day to go get filled because you commute far. Some of you are spiritually commuting and you're going far in the spirit every day. God says it's time to get refilled. It's not a one-time uh, filling at revival camp. It's a baptism continually. So I pray over all of you that have been filled but need to get refilled. Father, I pray that you fill them now with the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray the wind of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Right now, many of you are getting this right now. We say, come in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. So this is not a toy. This is a tool that God wants to give us so that we can do what God's called us to do. Holy Spirit, just touch people right now. Heal people right now. Deliver people right now. Cancer's broken. Disease is broken. The healing power of God is being released in Jesus' name. Father, we just say, do the work in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Fill them right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you're breaking unbelief right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now. And some of you, listen, God's calling you to come be a part of Fivefold Church. God's calling you to the park. God's calling you, if you're in LA, you should be there on Sunday. I, I, I want you to go up to Catherine because I know there's going to be many of you going and say, I came from the stream. Get a part of what God is doing. Get in the river. Father, we pray that they would get in the rivers of living water, that you would activate them by your spirit and by your power right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. What a powerful time tonight, Catherine. I just want to say thank you so. Listen, I know we went super long. We went an hour and 47 minutes. Usually we go an hour, but listen, if the Holy Ghost is moving, we just go for it. And I would love to have you on again in the future. You are such a powerful voice of revival. I want to ask everybody in the chat. There's 30, almost 3,300 people live right now. Please make sure. Okay, I'm only asking you this. Now, if you want to give, you can. Great. Praise the Lord. Please make sure that you follow her social media pages. Go subscribe to her on YouTube. There, she should have 3,200 new subscribers tonight. Go subscribe. Her YouTube channel's in the description. Her Facebook is linked in the description. Please make sure that you guys are following along what God is doing. Also, her TikTok page is Catherine Crick. Go follow Apostle Catherine Crick. I think it is on TikTok. Go follow her TikTok page and be a part. Say, I came from the broadcast. I'm, I'm a member now. Be a part of what God is doing. Support her ministry in any way she could. Is there anything else that you want to um, just kind of plug here and announce here or anything you want to promote while we have everyone on here? Um, We have, we have a, well, revival is now. Come on. Amen. It's now. It's now. You know, this is one thing I didn't share about my testimony is that there was a prophetic word re released to me and to Fivefold Church back in back four years ago. The time for praying for revival has stopped. Come on. But now, revival is now. It's time for revival now. And it was a spark for a while, just like Mary had a spark. It, there wasn't a lot of people that could see. Just Mary, just Joseph. Just the wow. few people that believed them, not many, but they were holding on to this promise. And so that's what I was doing. That's what we were doing at Fivefold Church, holding on to this promise. There's going to be miracles that will break out and millions will be reached across the world. And now we are seeing it. So we've been saying revival is now for years, but really like it's the harvest time now when Jesus 
when Jesus was with the disciples, when he was first calling them, miracles were beginning to happen. And so revival had begun, but it wasn't harvest time yet. And then when he has this encounter with the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, and she has this face-to-face encounter with Jesus through prophetic ministry. She's motivated to go and tell everyone, come meet this Jesus. And he says to his disciples at that moment, you think the harvest time is months to come, but it's right now. You saw them coming. And so prophetically, God is speaking this now, that the harvest time is now, that revival is now. It is right now. And so God wants you to be on page with him. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.